Welcome to Corner of the Galaxy, the show that talks 100% L.A. Galaxy soccer. We're glad you could join us. Now it's time to sit back and relax as your hosts navigate through the twisting, turning, but never boring world of the five-time MLS Cup champion, L.A. Galaxy. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Corner of the Galaxy on cornerofthegalaxy.com. I'm your host, Josh Gessman, coming to you live on a Thursday night. The LA Galaxy getting ready to head up to the Pacific Northwest where they'll take on the Seattle Sounders on Sunday, uh, a match that will certainly test this new team and, and sort of how they're feeling. So we're going to talk about that. Talk a little bit about Chicharito. Why not? That sounds like fun. We're going to talk a little bit about, um, you know, new signings, uh, Sega Koulibaly. We're going to talk about him. Mystery Man, of course. I have some more Mystery Man stuff. Don't know we have answers, but I have some more uh, information on that. We're just going to, in general, get you ready for a wonderful, fun weekend of soccer. Uh, to help me do that, Hammer's back. It's Eric the Portuguese Hammer Vieira. Eric, how's it going, buddy? It's going great. I, I had a couple weeks off, but now I'm back. I'm excited. We're on a winning streak. Chicharito's breaking records, scoring goals. Life is good. Can't complain. Yeah, it feels good. It feels it feels free. It feels uh, it feels fun. I'm excited about soccer. I'm excited to watch soccer. Um, just in general, it feels like like things may be a, a little bit. Listen, it's easy to say, right? Because the <laughs> Galaxy have played two games. They have gotten two wins. They they are perfect so far. Perfect uh, in in the month of uh, of April. Perfect on Sundays. Um, I don't what, perfect in the community kit. Uh, Chicharito is perfect on basically he has one shot. All sh- all the shots have been on goal, Eric. Only one of them has been saved. Right. So every other shot, he's five of six for shots on goal going in the back of the net. So that's pretty much perfect as well. So there's a lot of perfect going on for an imperfect team. I think we can sort of agree with that. Yeah. And yeah, I can't remember if we talked about it last week or this week, but basically I think, I think Vanny knows, he basically says, you know, it's, it's never going to be in the post game video. It wasn't going to be pretty. So he, he acknowledges that, you know, maybe they're scrapping their way through it or gritting their way through it. And so we know, I think we, when you watch this with your eyes, of course they've earned it. They've earned the, those six points, but, uh, and we'll talk about our concerns going away to Seattle on turf and all the trouble that they can go with that. And, uh, the other shooters you talked about, Chicharito's, his shots on goal, and uh, the rest of the team, how those stats look. We can talk about that as well. But for now, we're feeling good. What did you think of, uh, of of last weekend's game over the New York Red Bulls? I know you don't get to talk about it on Monday. Kevin usually does all the blabbing on that. So so <laughs> give me your thoughts. But obviously, again, similar to the Miami game, happy with the three points, and that's first and foremost most important. Chicharito just, it seems like, you know, the the 
you know, it's a cliche that everything he touches turns to goal. It just seems like he's feeling himself right now. He's putting himself in, in those right positions. And it just seems like, um, you know, offensively, they're they're trying to involve Chicharito in the offense as often as they can. You can tell the players are trying to connect with him, uh, and so that's a good thing. And the fact that he's able to get those goals off is a good thing. the The concerning part is the defensive lapses. Uh, you know, after they score, then they they looked a little bit shaky for that middle section of the first half. The New York Red Bulls looked like the better team, and and they looked pretty dangerous. If not for a, a Jonathan Bond save, it could have been uh, they could have been trailing a little bit. But a- after that, they kind of gained their composure, got things going back, and then once they took that lead, then they you know let the Red Bulls kind of hang around. So that was a little bit frustrating. Uh, but at the end of the day, <laughs> ten minutes of injury time that was a highlight. Like <laughs> I don't I don't think I'd seen that before. Sixteen minutes, if you count the six minutes in the first half so it was kind of a, a incredible when you think that's the type of game where we've seen the galaxy in past seasons collapse at the very end of games and let those last minute goals in and and let those things down so the fact that they were able to you know throw their bodies everywhere we saw those defenders flying uh you know that that was a good sign that they were able to grind it out and to outlast those 10 minutes to survive and the last thing that i want to mention grading the galaxy is back so if you go to grading the galaxy on cornerofthegalaxy.com you get to see the player grades and i'd like to take this opportunity to issue a public apology to Jorge Villafania because i gave him 3 stars he should not have gotten 3 stars after var review he he should be a, a 4 star player and the beauty of this is we don't report to anyone. There's no governing board. So I'm going to go back. I'm going to republish the article. I'm going to change my spreadsheets. I'm going to give him four stars because he deserved it. Because uh, after watching that game, my eyes told me that he was one of the better players on the field. But then I made the big mistake of going and looking at stats. And I said, well, I didn't have that many tackles. His passing percentage wasn't great. I, I didn't see. And then I, I ended up downgrading him. And then when I think about it, it's, it was his positioning. He created a goal. Uh, he doesn't need to make that last ditch tackle. So we've talked about players like uh, Nick Depew and Daniel Stairs maybe making those tackles, but that's a desperation. So Villafania doesn't put himself in the position to need to do that. And he should be rewarded for that. So I'm going to go back, publicly apologize to him. I'm going to go back. I'm going to change that grade. He's, he deserves four stars on the night. That, that deserves just a small tidbit, just a, just a tiny little bit of Ride at the Tailgate. <laughs> By the way, it's out on YouTube. If you type in Ride on the Tailgate on YouTube, you can find the song. You can dance to it. It can be part of your, you know, pregame. So, I mean, I think that that should be one of those things that should actually happen. So anyway, uh, yeah, it's out. You should go get it. The album's out as well. All right. So I uh, want to do that a little bit. Let's get to some super chats because we started off uh, quick and and a little heavy here. Um, Aaron gave us uh, $10 uh, do- donation in honor of Josh doing all of us in the chat a favor, including himself. Uh, Aaron and I know what that means. Uh, Hammer probably knows what that means. <laughs> yeah. Everybody else can probably figure out what that means as well if you're in the uh, in the chat. So thank you, Aaron. Uh, appreciate it. Uh, and then Anthony comes in and says, uh, gives us $10, and he's trying to bribe me to tell you who the mystery man is. I will tell you all I know whenever we talk about the mystery man. Normally, I like to change subjects, but I'm going to draw this out a little bit. Um, it's going to be disappointing for you. I'll just tell you that. I mean, I'm not trying to make you listen to the rest of the show. It's just, it, it, it's just, I'll tell you all how I know all this stuff, and then you will be in the same position uh, that I am. So we'll see if uh, if that sort of goes that way. Um, yeah. You yeah. know what's you know what's messed everything up. You know, wondering who the mystery. It's the masked singer because. <laughs> 
that that has created you know a buzz and a suspense that shows nailed trying to guess and try to figure things out. So we need the who's the mass galaxy player? Who's that extra signing who's coming? We need to figure out some clues and and uh, you know if if we can't turn it into a singing competition, we'll do the best we can. The um the I've been getting DMs of people trying to guess who it is, and I'm like I don't know. It's it's like do do people really think I hold back? Like I don't hold back, Eric. <laughs> right? Usually whenever that, I know something, they, everybody finds out about it. Right? That that's that's the one thing I, I've said it multiple times on the show and I'm going to, I'm going to repeat it again. Uh, when I first came into the fold as a co-host, and, you know, I finally got Josh's phone number. I was like, man, I'm going to get all the inside scoop. And I realized I get it as he's tweeting it. I get the text at the same time. So uh, all the information that Josh has, he's not holding back. It all goes out to Twitter. As soon as he has it, it goes out there. Uh, I do not get any special privileges. I get it just like everyone else does, which was very disappointing to me when I joined the fold. But, you know, it's, it's, I want to let the listeners out there know that, you know, if we have that information, we'll share it if we do. It's just like the players and Greg Vanny's family. They get more swearing. Everything else is pretty much the same, right? I mean, yeah. that's what you were saying. Oh, by the way, you mentioned the, the video that they put out after the LA Galaxy's home win against New York. And again, another speech from Greg Vanny. Uh, this time, I think they were a little more prepared for it had a little bit better audio um, on the whole thing, but it, it's it's crazy to think of where we, where this team was last year at this point. One, not just in the pandemic. Let's let's put the pandemic beside. But you know, you weren't getting this side this this type of cooperation from inside the locker room. I think Vanny understands that in terms of uh, showing the progress and showing what's going on with this team that he wants to put out. Um, what is going on in the locker room. And yeah, I mean, you know, I don't think you're going to get it after the LA Galaxy blow a, you know, a 90th minute lead and and do that. And you're going to see him. Maybe you will. I don't know. Maybe that's maybe that's judging. But at the same time, it's two positive things. They're using the positive PR. Things have really changed in a manner since Greg Vanny has come. He's been a lot more open. The LA Galaxy have been a lot more open. There's been changes in the front office that probably facilitate that as well. So don't think it's just Greg Vanny. Um, it's other things as well that are going for that. And when you look at the media battle in Los Angeles right now, I know people will think I'm crazy for this, but go look at what the LA Times has done in recent just in this whole preseason leading up to this thing go look at you know all of the interviews that are out there Chicharito's getting out there doing all the interviews look at the media battle right now you have an LA Galaxy team that yes has won two games and they're feeling good about it themselves and they're doing it but even before that they were already trying to change the narrative and trying to win that that PR battle within um, Los Angeles. I think um, in years past, the Galaxy and LAFC have suffered from being too arrogant, right? And so mm-hmm. when you're arrogant and you think, I don't need to do that, I'm bigger than this, and you know the whole deal, you see what happens. There's a clear line right now between who is being more arrogant, who's being available <laughs> for the press, and who yeah. isn't, right? And you can see that in the press. You can see that battle being being happened. Yeah. And I was going to say, I'm not going to hold back. I'm going to call out our neighbors here. Uh, it comes down to personalities also and kind of winning hearts and minds. Chicharito, after scoring those goals in Miami, speaking about his mental, mental health, almost breaking down in tears. I don't care who, which team you support. You have to look at it and, and just root for the guy because of, of what he went through and being forward and, and saying it. And then you look, you know, down the hall on the other team and you have someone who refuses to speak to the media, someone who, you know, closed off, not really a personality has mentioned before that he's just there to play the game, not there to, uh, you know, doesn't have love for the sport. And that's not going to win fans over, you know, regardless of how talented you are. And so you have the exact opposite in a player like Chicharito. And so that's going to get you a lot of buzz and get things going. Uh, something that MLS posted today, uh, they posted, you know, the Chicharito hat trick heard around the world and they played all the video clips. Um, 
of the different announced teams right. announcing the Chicharito goal in all the and, different languages. And, yep. In all the different languages. It reminded me of the Zlatan goal heard, heard around the world. Obviously I, I think that was a bigger moment, but still when the galaxy bring in these big stars and you say it all the time, it's not just bringing in good players. You have to bring in those big stars. Also, that's the reason why if, if Ethan Zubak scored those three goals, the excuse, galaxy, excuse so what, me, who the, the cheat, the Chicha whisperer, okay, thank Ethan, Ethan Zubak. Yes. If he would have scored all three goals, we would have been thrilled with the result. If they looked exactly the same, it would have been fine, but you don't get the worldwide coverage. You don't get the MLS page sharing those things out. And so that's why superstars are important. So that's the argument for, so right now their superstars are firing, they're winning. It just, it just feels like there's good vibes. The, the team is, is, is presenting itself on media, just kind of firing on all cylinders. Um, so, so that's, th- that helps when you're winning, uh, because I, we mentioned that, I think I mentioned it last week. I think the team, the media team was putting things out there, but it just, the team wasn't winning. So it just doesn't, it doesn't, as the kids say, it hits different. It doesn't land the same when you're not winning. So right now it's just the nice culmination of all of it, winning and the good culture and the media that they're putting out there and the presentation. It's just, it's all looking good right now, which is why it's all going to fall apart in Seattle. Oh this yeah, weekend. absolutely. Uh, that's one of the things. Let's Get talk, ready for the letdown. Let, let's talk about Chicharito though, for a little bit. I think this is such an interesting thing. And, and I know we were in our group text and sort of going back and forth and, and discussing this, but okay, let's wipe off the five goals that, that Chicharito has scored just for the sake of argument and the sake of discussing this or wipe away. It's two games. He scored five goals. Great. Wonderful. And it's perfect. In real life, we pay attention to that. Let's throw those aside now. He has 32 games remaining in the regular season. If you were going to get Basically, almost a full season of Chicharito, right? 32 games is almost a full season. It's just two games short. If you were going to get 32 games of Chicharito, how many goals does he score? Because I think we everybody was sort of in the, if he scores between 15 and 20 goals, then that's the Chicharito that you want for the LA Galaxy, right? I mean, that that seems like he's contributing, he's scoring the goals, he's doing all the the offensive things that you want him to do. You see that, but now you're at 32, right? 32 games. Well, if he scores 10 goals, that's 15 total, right? So 10 goals in 32 games is not that many. And, it's one and every three games. It's one every three games, which is, as a designated player, highest paid player on the team, is not something you'd expect. You'd expect him to score more than that, right? Mm-hmm. And so if we're saying that it's 10 more goals and he gets to the realm of 15, and yes, it's moving the goalposts, but he gets to move them because he had success, right? This yeah. is this is different than we're moving him because he's not succeeding. He's succeeding. First two games, five goals. 15 isn't enough now because yeah. it would it would be it would show a dramatic well one it's everything's going to be a dramatic slowdown so let's not you know get a hold of, <laughs> a hold of that but 10 goals in 32 games is not enough so and we all know that so is it 15 games in or 15 goals in 32 games is it 20 goals in 32 games now um 20 seems almost unrealistic just in yeah. terms of, of where you're at but 15 seems like it's realistic yeah i i think um, you're right. When, when you look at historically, you know, the, the record numbers, 20, 21, 22, and then Zlatan just blowing it out of the water with 30, that that's kind of the, the outlier there, but you now throw those five goals in there and you think, okay, well, 15, if that was your, you know, your benchmark going in, you know, somewhere between 12 to 15 goals, uh, that looks like it's within range now. So now you want to say, well, now it's between 15 and 20 because now you expect to be more than 15 goals, but maybe 20 is, is you know, if you just ride the hot streak and, and it keeps going, uh, that might be, 
you know, the maximum. So now where do you land right in the middle? Like 18, 18 yeah. goals would be a successful season. Uh, you know, maybe 19 if he, if he starts knocking on the door, we'll, we'll see that where that goes. But I think you're right. 20 is probably the new benchmark. You want him to get there, but if, if he doesn't get there, but lands between 15 and 20, I think you can call that a successful season, uh, even it, though it was an outlier. And then, and then just to kind of circle back, I teased it in the beginning with the stats. It, to me, it doesn't necessarily matter the Chicharito goals if he's helping and opening up space and other players start stepping up and scoring goals too. Because right. right now the stats, Chicharito has, has leads the team in shots with six. And the there's only other players close to him have one shot. There's four or five other players. They only have one shot. So um, what Chicharito is bringing is great, but we, we need other players in the offense to step up. And maybe that's when Cabral shows up. Maybe that's when Grand Sur finally st- gets comfortable. Uh, maybe we, when Legette comes back, we see some some differences. But we need other players to step up as well. So if Chicharito doesn't get 20, but he's you know, dragging a defender and opening up space for Legette to score more goals, or if he's opening up space for Cabral to, you know, hit in uh, a deflection and something going, or, or Zubak to hit it with his his chest or his kneecap or have something magical happen, then then that's great. And that doesn't matter if he scores as many goals if he's making things happen. So I think that's that's the only caveat. But the way things are, we want him to keep scoring because yeah. he's feeling he's feeling himself right now. You could tell he is a man full of confidence. His chest is puffed out. He wants the ball. You know, feed me the ball. He's going to chase after every single ball. He wants to score, and you could you can tell that uh, he wants the pressure right now. Yeah, he he wants it. He's the he's he's you know just on he's the chicha monster out there. Feed the chicha monster. <laughs> uh, however that happens. Uh, Mike Gray, by the way, in the chat is saying you know he is outperforming his expected goals right now. Well, so are the LA Galaxy, by the way. They're outperforming their expected goals as well. So uh, the chances that the LA Galaxy are generating and the goals they are scoring are not necessarily equal in statistical ways. Now, I've argued that Chicharito scores a lot of goals from six inches out, which realistically are like, you know, a 1.0 goal chance, yeah. which is impossible. You can't <laughs> get the that. XG there. Right. And and so you can't. But they're not taking those into account because technically those are from deflections or they're from crosses mm-hmm. and stuff like that. So the chance itself is a lower percentage chance. The finish that Chicha is making is a high percentage finish. However, I think I could score a lot of goals if I got to finish from six inches out. Um, we'll leave that right where it is. I, just, <laughs> I was going to don't. I said it. No. <laughs> Rewind it, cut it. Nope, <laughs> nope. Family show. We're gonna leave it alone. Um, no. So uh, it, it's just, I mean, Chicharito and what he's trying to do. And I would like to point out that if you're in the 18 range, if you're in the 20 range, that the best season Robbie Keane ever had in 2015 was 20 goals. That I just, I just like to that's, put that into perspective. That's crazy. Now he also had Landon Donovan in there, who was scoring goals by the bucket loads, and you know, and some of these, uh, you know, David Beckham was around as well. So there was, there was places to share goals uh and now now you need to find that i think in in this galaxy team is where to share the goals yeah and i think when you look at players like landon donovan and like robbie keen maybe 20 was their highest or it was around their highest um or yeah landon had 20 as well but when you look at their other seasons they didn't have a season where they only gave you two or they only gave you five right it was always at least 10 uh you know hovered probably around 12 and then their benchmark was the high point was 20 but they always gave you goals and so i think that's the difference chicharito's first season obviously was disappointing only giving two there was no low low for those players and so when you think about you know the greatest of all time you think of your landons you think of your your robbie keens and so you think well if chicharito can get in that neighborhood it's pretty wild considering the season he had last season uh but it just those players didn't have the low so it is fair 
<laughs> Very good. Uh, Edward uh, Eduardo, excuse me, uh, passes us a little $10 super chat, says, I miss Eric's ears. So here is some green yep. screen cash. Just kidding. Love the work. No, I, Eric's ears are disappearing on the yep. wall. We, we were talking about green screen before this, actually. So um, it's not yep. it's because you hung a shelf. Tell everybody you hung a shelf and it screwed <laughs> up your ears. Exactly. So I, I'm renovating my office, which is why I have the background and I don't have the natural all natural background that Josh has. So thank you, Eduardo, for, for pointing that out and calling me out for it. And I put some new furniture behind me, hung some shelves, and that's now I don't have a blank background. So that's creating some weird things with my ears. Uh, so, so that explains it. So before we went live, we were actually talking about, well, I, now I need to get a green green screen to make it work so I don't look as funky. So yes. that will definitely go to the green screen fund. We, we will we will cash that in for sure, and we'll uh, we'll make sure that happens. All right, so uh, a little bit of, of some news that, that we had. Uh, obviously, we want to talk points per month and, and sort of look at my favorite. I love this chart. It's just pretty, Eric. It's just a pretty chart, which is why I like it. And if you haven't seen it, um, <laughs> I, I tweet them out a lot, but I have a points per month chart. So you look at April. April had two games. There were two wins for a perfect six points. Uh, three games. There you go. It's it's all done. And I even missed the games played. Should be two, but you know, hey, it's some of the stuff is manual, and I miss it sometimes. But the yeah, bottom but still. is, it, it's still. Guess what? The average still comes out because they won all of them. Uh, how it goes. Uh, by the way, Patrick jumping in uh, says that Cheech is going to score five goals a month. So I don't know how many. He, how many is he? It? Only needs one goal a game. He he, he could he, if he powers down that he can handle that in May. Now easy easy no problems. Uh, May coming up though five games in May three games in June six in July six in August uh, five in September five in October and uh, two in November to sort of close things out. Just remember early days early days two games in things are going to start being a little crazy. The, the, here's the fun thing, Eric. Rarely do we get a month that has five games in it where you don't play a midweek game. And remember, there's no midweek games until we get to, I think, June. June is finally when it, where the where the midweek games actually hit, and there's only three games in June, which is also <laughs> uh, fun. There's an international break in there uh, for everything. So um, you, have, uh, you have a sort of ease into this April. It's going to be, again, pretty much a standard... Play on play on the weekend every single weekend of May, um, and we actually have those games coming up. And I wanted to make sure that we talked about these a little bit. But um, Sunday, obviously, going up to Seattle. Then it's back home Saturday, May eighth against LAFC. Saturday, May fifteenth, hosting the new kids in town who have been playing well. Austin FC mm-hmm. has, is fun to watch, uh, a fun team to watch. So so keep an eye on them. They're coming to Dignity Hill Sports Park on May fifteenth, uh, and then it's Saturday, May twenty second, um, against the Portland Timbers away that's up at providence park so that'll be a difficult game portland playing well in the ccl and uh in league so they're a they're a difficult team and then the san jose earthquakes at home these are all tough these are there's not an easy game in here um on any of these so uh the easiest one is probably austin and again they're a scrappy good you know sort of debutante team so um watching all these games and seeing what's coming up may is going to be a tough challenge. I mean, April yeah. April got April started well and ended well, which is nice. Two games and you get the two wins, but it's against teams that aren't considered the best teams, you know, in in the world, and that's that's fine. We understand that. But you you can only play the games that are in front of you, and so at the end of the day, you have to be happy with that. And so we talked about it a lot last season. Also, is the difference between the Western Conference and the Eastern Conference and the unbalanced schedule or the regional schedule? Well, now now is when the real fun begins because now you get your Western Conference opponents, and the Western Conference has been stronger, in my opinion, uh, in recent years. So now you get to test yourself against these teams. The good news about May is you're right, no midweek game, which is a positive, and then uh, you know three of those five games are at home so you get majority of your those games at home you get austin traveling which like you said 
the, the expansion team traveling away. Maybe that's your chance uh, as your easiest quote unquote game, which we know the galaxy doesn't like to make any game easy. Uh, and then you get two rivals at home, which is nice too. And then you obviously you travel in the Pacific Northwest in between. So having your rivals at home is a good thing. Having the games a week apart. So we talked about it. maybe it hasn't been pretty those first two games, but they've got it down. Uh, they have the same opportunity here. They're going to be able to get rest. They're going to be able to have home field advantage against some rivals. Uh, so this is an opportunity to, to, Keep putting those, storing those, uh, those acorns in the tree and keep storing those points as often as they can. You know, maybe if you can get lucky with a point uh, once or twice on the road, you'd be happy for that. But if you can stockpile those, those home points, uh, it's only going to help you in the end. Uh, very interesting. All the stuff that's coming down. All right, let's get to a little bit to Kevin Cabral. I know everybody's been asking, been bugging me. I've been bugging the galaxy. It's funny. If you bug me enough, then I bug the galaxy. It is kind of like a, an indirect way of, of getting your questions to the team. Um, I don't like it cause I don't like getting bugged <laughs> and then the galaxy don't like it cause I'm like, Hey, I'm getting bugs. So you guys <laughs> have to answer. Um, I was told I would be notified whenever Kevin Cabral was headed to the United States. I have not been notified. Uh, and as of, uh, Thursday morning right now, um, I can say that, uh, he's not, uh, he, he was not on his way as of Thursday morning. We'll see. Maybe Friday brings it. But if you remember, Greg Vanny was hopeful that it would be Sunday, Monday, Tuesday. It's now Wednesday, Thursday, yeah, Friday. Tuesday. <laughs> Um, and everybody was expecting that he would arrive this week, be able to go through quarantine and then possibly make a debut against LAFC. I will say that, um, that, that debut seems to be in doubt right now, just because we yeah. don't have an, an idea of when he's coming. Now it's been three weeks since he signed. Yeah. It's not a small amount of time, Eric. So say, yeah, I was going to say he signed on April 8th or that's when he was announced. Um, and so I think when he initially was announced, we said, well, maybe if it takes a couple of weeks and then, you know, still has to get training. We were actually eyeballing the Seattle game as a possible debut. Uh, and then once we heard he was still getting visa and think then that that benchmark got bumped to LAFC. But now I, I think it's very unlikely that he'll be ready to play versus LAFC. So you have to think about that Austin game. Middle of May is probably the likely debut that he's going to get. And you just have to hope. Uh, do I steal your line or do you want to say your line? How, how are we, how are we feeling right now? What's happening to the galaxy uh, fan base? They're being, they're being yawned. Yeah. They're being the, yawned. Yeah. Yeah. And, that, and, <laughs> and that's sort of the thing. And, and I reached out to the LA galaxy and sort of said, Hey, listen, there's a perception and I don't know if it's true, but there's a perception that it's taking you a long time to get visas. So why is it taking you so long to get visas? And they're like, Does, do you think it is a long time? And I'm like, well, it's three weeks. And they're like, well, do you think other teams are having more success? I'm like, yes. And I go, I point to Alan Franco who was signed on the same day as, mm-hmm. Uh, Kevin Cabral and Alan Franco is training, I think, with uh, with Atlanta United. So he's there. He's ready. Now, it took a little while. Obviously, I understand that's still three weeks, right, where it comes in. But he's there. Uh, I forget Toronto's new signing. I think it was a was it a Brazilian um, who's who's coming in. I think it was coming from South America as well. Um, And it's was uh, it was really um, sort of interesting to see how quickly they got him into to, to sort of camp and he's training now. So I did say, I said, whether you think so or not, they're like, well, did Vasquez take a long time? I'm like, yes, Vasquez took, I'm like, yes, everybody was waiting for Vasquez to come and took a long yeah. time, that type of thing. <laughs> they're like, well, um, you know, did, uh, I'm trying to think of who else uh, was, oh, Jonathan Bond. Jonathan Bond was probably um, one of the ones that we didn't watch as well, but it was pretty quick. It was, but it was also, you know, preseason. Off-season. Yeah. yeah. And same, same thing with Vasquez. Vasquez was preseason. Well, I guess technically Cabral was preseason too. I I, I started losing my footing, but uh, Vasquez was March 17th and he was in Arizona uh, for those games. And so 
I feel like that moved a little bit quicker it than, feel, than Cabral's movie. So, right now. so basically, what I was told, and and I think it makes sense right now, is that one, every player is different depending on which place they have to go through for their visas and visa offices, right? Where you have to go and get your visa. You have to go to usually a U.S. consulate in a city uh, and you have to make that happen and they have to give you the visa. They have to stamp your passport because it's a P1 visa, which is a, a, you know, basically you're eligible to work in the United States. It's a special skills visa uh, from what I remember as well. So you have special skills and yes, soccer players have special skills, which is why they get to come in. Uh, A very specific set of skills. Yeah, a very specific set of skills. You know, no Nobody, you know, it's like Victor Vasquez. Can anybody else do what Victor Vasquez does? Very <laughs> few people. So that's one of the reasons you have the P1 visa and, and all those things. Um, they cannot start getting them until they sign and have a contract because there has to be work involved with the P1 visa as well. So they can't like pre get it ready and then, oh, we're going to do this. No, it has to be after the contract signed and everything's clear. Then they're allowed to go get it. I'll tell you this. And this is the thing I think should open everybody's eyes to that there's just in general a slowdown going on. Um, And that is that the same person who is getting the visas in the Bruce Arena days is getting them now. And it's a collective effort. I'd like to point out that it's not just one person. It's a collective er effort. But the main person who's behind that is the same person who was doing it. So it's not like they don't have experience in doing this. Uh, By the way, Feel the Berm says a a P1 visa processing generally takes, you know, two to eight weeks. All right. With a pandemic in a slowdown, that's slower. All right. I've been told that specifically. That is definitely affecting things. Right. Then the quarantine comes. and But it's like, you know, Kevin Cabral isn't even here quarantining. He's not here yeah, yet. That's so that's the that's the crazy part. And the fact that you see him tr- with posting training videos and at the barber, it's like there, there's something. I mean, he, he's out. He, he's he's able to, to get around. He's not on total lockdown. I know there are a lot of places in, in Europe and some that are more shut down. They're going through some some waves of things right now. Um, so so that's I think that's the frustrating part. I think eight weeks is, is the maximum. If he's not here after eight weeks, then we riot. Wait, then, that's it. We, we, we figure out what's going on. But we got to point out uh, Herb Herb in the chat again. Yes. Go ahead. With a big, big money donation. And it was about Kevin Baxter. Not even, not even the same co-host who's on the show. Wow. Big shout out to you, Herb. What, what a flex. Yeah. Uh, Herb says, would like to point out how insightful your segment on concussions was a few weeks ago with Baxter. Very eye opening. Um, I was probably asleep during that segment. It was, it was, you know, as Taylor <laughs> Tolman would tell you, it was the concussions. Uh, I haven't been hit in the head nearly as many times. Um, but uh, it's a, you know, uh, we have, that's one of those things that Kevin and I have focused on about the concussions and just all the different things that we sort of uh, uh, look at and the concussion subs and all that fun stuff as well. So um, it, it's just really uh, all this pandemic stuff is adding up, right? It is slowing things down. It does complicate things. It complicates transfers. It complicates everything. Um, I, maybe it helped a little bit too. Uh, let's talk about the LA Galaxy. And actually, before we do that, uh, Matthew uh, writes in uh, with a little $5 super chat and says, Galaxy probably should play for a draw in Seattle. Bruce did it all the time. Sometimes you have to be smart and consolidate those points g's up i i playing for a draw in seattle on the i'm all for playing for, i know yeah. people don't like it but i love playing for draws on the road don't lose <laughs> games points are points right that's that's science when that's, win at home draw on the road and and you will have you will an excellent win. season you will and, and and but i like that matthew pointed out that this was like a bruce philosophy i think bruce probably had some deeper rosters to you know go into his bench and rest his uh, and rest his guys to make it work a little bit better. Or maybe that was just the way Bruce rolled. But but he was public in saying 
listen, we're just trying to get in the next, you know, next three games, we're trying to get seven points. And he was, he was up front that it doesn't have to be a win every time no. uh, a draw on the road. I, I'm with you. A, a draw up in Seattle on turf to a team that has been in MLS cup finals recently, won MLS cups recently with the, the core that they have uh, a draw on the road. It's a moral victory, really. Uh, let's get a little bit to, uh, we'll have more on Seattle, I promise. We'll get there. Um, <laughs> LA Galaxy signed defender uh, Sega Koulibaly. I guess we're going with Sega. I'm just, I'm, the, it's, it seems like they're going with, remember we talked the, about changing his name and just changing yeah. it? And so well, I've heard it pronounced a couple different ways. So we're just going with Sega. I don't care. Yeah. There's an accent over the E. So Sega, you have to like say it quickly. <laughs> no, Sega. No, no, it would be like, it would Not be Sega, like, Sega. No, no, it's <laughs> Se- Sega. Sega. Yeah. Yeah. No, hey. so, poor guy. I mean, <laughs> Like he couldn't he have come listen. to a more. This isn't his first introduction to Galaxy he podcast. He couldn't have come to a more immature country. Whenever it comes to this, right? I mean, we all agree that that like if he goes to anywhere else, they're like, oh, it's Sega, kind of like the game plan. No, it comes to the United States, and there's going to be banners with like Sega on it, and all this. Well, people people can't wait to get Sega on the back of their jersey instead of the Koulibaly. They're going to try to make him be Sega <laughs> on the field, like guaranteed. He's he's going to wear a, a a kit that says Sega on it, and not Koulibaly. Um, yeah, and, and back to the point about the, the Galaxy's media team just being all over it, you know, prior to him being announced, they put, you know, old Sega commercials as kind of a tease to make it happen. And then with the email announcement, they said, you know, chasing rings, which, you know, some people probably thought that was MLS Cup or championship rings. It's like, no, that's a Sonic the Hedgehog reference. That's exactly, so, you know, yeah. shout out to whoever's in creative there coming up with those headlines. Yeah. Chris Thomas, I know, is there uh, working hard on things. So a little shout out to him and his team doing a lot of good stuff there. Uh, by the way, I was I was thinking about I'm like, we should get that video so that way we can play it on here. I'm like, no, we'll have copyright okay. issues. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there's, there's that, one, that one's bad. Yeah. The Galaxy were like, we don't care if you copyright issue us. You're not. I'm like, no, there's they'll demonetize my whole my whole like channel it'll be bad um anyways la galaxy signed 24 four year old sega Koulibaly. this is something that us here on the show have told you about and told you to expect we were on top of this one pretty much um once we knew the name and once we sort of knew what was going on and especially after the town hall remember we told you that we knew one of the two players we told you that player one of them was sega Koulibaly. uh we had that confirmed beforehand um and then uh we're also going to tell you that within this and i'm going to talk about sega but we're also going to tell you in case you've been living under a rock, uh, that Augie Williams is going to sign a contract as well with the LA Galaxy, the senior team. Um, he posted on Instagram uh, that is like, I, I forget because got deleted. Um, he posted on his Instagram story. Basically, it was like, you know, now it's time to show the big dogs. And I'm like, oh, he's, not, he's there. It was. I was waiting for it. Yeah. I was waiting for something. And so uh, so he got it. So Augie Williams is headed up now. If we remember from that town hall, Eric, we were told that the two players would be signing. So everybody wanted to argue with me and say, well, those were the two players. I'm like, I, listen, I've been I've been deep in this. I'm telling you, Augie Williams is not the second player because we've known Augie Williams has been on the bubble well before that. So he, they weren't they were sort of like, is he going to is he or isn't he? Yeah. So apparently something changed or something finally became concrete for the L.A. Galaxy enough to be able to pull the trigger on Augie Williams, which is interesting because I don't. We're going to talk about the second signing uh, here in a second, but I have a feeling that whoever the second signing was, they were waiting to see if they were going to get it across the line. And once they were assured that that was going to happen, that then they were able to to, to sign Augie Williams yeah. as as that player because he has not been on the roster as of yet. And so he is not eligible to play in games. And so maybe we'll even get a Friday announcement from the LA Galaxy to get him on the roster in case they want to use him. Um, up in Seattle, Seattle. But, yeah, mm-hmm. but it, it's just really interesting. So Koulibaly and Augie Williams, yes, that's two, but it's not the two that we were we were talking <laughs> so, about. 
Yeah, so Augie Williams is not the masked singer. Uh, we, we can confirm that that's not the case. But the the you make a good point about how it tells you something about the the mystery man or whoever is going to come in because if that didn't happen, you know, maybe a striker is still something that's an option. But the fact that Augie is going to join, this player who's coming in is probably not a striker. Uh, so it's going to probably feel somewhere else on the roster. And so that's kind of the the interesting part. And just going back to his his social media interactions, this is why – what a time to be alive. What a time to be on Twitter. There, there was also some questions about, uh, you know, because he plays for the Sierra Leone national team, you know, what about international slots? And he replied to your tweet. Yes. I am an American citizen. So yes. directly straight from the source from the man himself. Yes. doesn't require an international slot. We probably could have f- confirmed that anyway, but I just thought it was great that he is the one who replied himself to let you know that information. So there's no question about it. So I, shout out to Augie. And, and I think with, we'll talk about G2 a little bit also with their game coming up on Friday, what that roster looks like. We'll tell you about the galaxy roster and their Academy players signings that they've brought up recently. Who's there, who's getting loaned down to G2 on Friday. We'll tell you about Sunday and if they want to use Augie on Sunday because it's away on turf, Chicharito come, came off with cramps. Maybe you need some depth at striker. You know, this this might be the time to make that official and bring him as a depth depth piece on the road. Uh, really fun. Uh, let's let's cycle back to Sega Kulabale again. Twenty four year old center back uh, can play some right back as well. I know people are, are are focused on the center back. I know that people we've talked about the fact he can play right back as well. So perhaps a backup with O'Neill Fisher with Julian Araujo if Araujo goes, which right now the way he's playing, he's not going anywhere. Uh, he may go to the bench if he keeps playing the sort of the way <laughs> that he's been playing. Let's get one game. I know, just one th- game, one game. Come on, Josh, be nice. I agree um, with you, but still. But, uh, it, you know, so you see Koulibaly coming in. Listen, this is a guy who is, who has a bunch of professional games, who played with the uh, the youth national French, French youth national team um, throughout his time there. Is only 24 years old. He's six foot. Uh, he's a big physical center back. Um, he can do he can do a lot of things, I think, for the L.A. Galaxy. I would. I would say he's not the fastest person in the world, but at six foot and, you know, I think I want to say around 200 pounds maybe it was 190. Actually, I might actually have it. Yeah. 190 pounds, six feet, 190 pounds. Um, he is, he could be a real difference maker. He likes to play uh, pass out of the back, but more in the long switches and switching fields. Um, you know, for me, uh, I like his aggressiveness. He's one of these guys, Eric, who will absolutely jump on a ball if it's shown to him, right? Like, so if an attacker's coming and that ball gets a little bit away from the from the attacker, uh, he's he's on it and he's on it quick. So you really like to see his, um, you know, just his ability to to attack and be aggressive. And maybe that's something the Galaxy are missing um, right now is a little bit of bite in there. So we'll see. We don't know where he fits in. The transfer fee was supposedly infinitesimal, mostly because his contract wow. expires at the end of uh, June. So really, the Galaxy just paid in order to break him free right now. Um, and we are expecting him to be here right now so as soon as they can get a visa for him he will also be in here i was going to say does kulabale make it in in the month of may um is that that something we can bet on if cabral's taken three weeks and he's coming from the same country we could say he's at least three weeks away possibly four weeks away um but i I will mirror what you're saying uh from that highlight reel again i'm not gonna uh, act like i've been all in on as nancy uh, or nancy uh in league two that I've been watching their games and watching him closely. But based on what 
the highlights that you're able to see from him. Uh, I'm going to, I'm going to use your own magic on you. He, he's quick. He's not fast. Or, or uh, am I saying that right? So you again, are. he doesn't have that breakaway speed, but he's quick. He has good touch on the ball. He likes to move forward. You know, some of those, those goal clips, you know, it seems like he, you know, on those set pieces, he likes to get involved in the offense. And uh, it's not just booting the ball out of the back, which we've seen some of our center backs do. Now he, he you know, it's with purpose and maybe crossing that halfway line, dribbling the ball at his feet. Uh, you know, you see a little bit more of that. We, we, I, we talked about it last week uh, when the, the whole French youth national team thing. And when you look at his age, 24 years old, you say, well, he fell out of favor with the youth national team. So that's, that's not a good sign, but look at the France national team now. And, you know, at 24, look at who his competition was and you're competing with a full national team of, you know, look who the center backs are, the defenders are for France. You know, it's going to be very hard to crack into that national team. So falling out of favor, you know, once you age out, out of the U 23s, that's not necessarily a bad thing. So the fact that he was in that system is a really good sign. So I'm looking forward. I'm optimistic. I think he can give our current center backs, you know, a run to, you know, possibly be a starter. He looks like he can be that caliber of player. Uh, I'm up. I'm up on on Sega. Sega. All right. Very good. <laughs> um, no, he's. It's going to be fun. And and with Augie Williams now. Let's talk about the mystery man. And again, I'll give you all the sort of stuff that I have. And it is a mystery man. Um, I'm fairly certain certain it's going to be a male. I mean, that seems that's about as close as I can nail, nail anything down. I'm 95, 98% certain on that. Who knows? Um, could be Kristen Press. I don't know. I it absolutely. I, I just, I'm I don't, just, I don't okay think so. That. Yeah. I mean, I'd be fine with it too. Um, she's coming home. That's why. Uh, the, this mystery man. So, uh, so basically, Normally, I have a name, and I can work with a name to be able to break things loose from different sources and talk to different people. But you really have to have a name in order to say, hey, so I saw you guys were interested in this guy. Tell me about him. You know, the whole deal. And then it's like, oh, well, yeah, we're getting close on him. Or no, you know, yeah, we looked at him, but it wasn't anything serious. Oh, we don't have anything formal, blah, blah, blah. You know, the whole deal. So um, one of the things that we, you know, we're talking about is, is Paris Damata as well, central defensive midfielder. We talked about him. That was one of the rumors before. I don't know. This this mystery man could be this. But what I was told is whenever we had the two players and basically I said, hey, I know you're signing Koulibaly. That's one player. Um, I'm assuming Augie Williams isn't the second player. Am I correct? Yes, you're correct. And I'm like, OK, so you, you're going after somebody else as well. By the way, Aaron Rodgers, it might be Aaron Rodgers. That's a good shout right there. Um, if you've been following <laughs> that. Green Bay. Tonight's yeah. the night. That was I was gonna say this is this is the night to play that play that card uh, right here. Denver. Denver? Denver. That's what I'm hearing. Denver. Um anyway, so uh, you know, basically I said, you I, I know it's not Augie. I'm assuming it's not Augie Williams. Correct. I'm like, then are you close on somebody else? Very close, nothing formal. All right. Now, whenever we say nothing formal, you have to understand, you know, what the LA Galaxy are trying to sort of say with this, right? And the source is nothing formal means Nobody signed anything yet, right? But the last thing that happens, Eric, is that you sign something, right? So you, you take that with, with a grain of salt. So whenever you say here, very close, but nothing formal, it means that basically everything's progressing through the contract talk. It seems like everybody's sort of in agreement and everything's moving that way. And that's where our mystery man is. Um, that's where our mystery man could be is right there on the edge of coming in. Now, is it a central defensive midfielder? I don't know. And the reason that I would bet against it is that if you bring in a CDM, and you have Cabral on the left-hand side, and you have Grand Sir on the on the right-hand side. 
uh, and you have Sebastian Legette in the center, which you'd expect him to be. You have Victor Vasquez in the center, where you'd expect him to be. And Jonathan Dos Santos, where you'd expect him to be. I'm I'm running out of spots for people. Because if you bring in a sensitive defensive midfielder, already Saldana hits the bench whenever uh, Cabral yeah. comes in and Grant Sir is there. And Legette comes back. And yeah. Le- Legette comes back, right? So Saldana is already gone. So are you going to bring somebody else in and who are they going to punch out of that position? Is Jonathan Dos Santos, you know, on his way out? Um, there's a lot of question marks in here. And the other real sort of interesting part about this is, um, and by the way, that's all I know on the mystery, man. You're now up to date. I know it's not much. I know it's about what I've told you before, but I, I want you to I want to reiterate. If I do more, I would tell you. Um, but they are close to signing somebody. I do expect another signing. But as we look at this LA Galaxy team right now, Eric, we have a couple of... Um, roadblocks that are starting to appear, right? One of the roadblocks is that at 28 players right now for the LA Galaxy, they are just two players away from having a full roster. Now, you sign Augie Williams, that allows one more spot. And then, so you have one spot open, which apparently would be this mystery man. So you're looking at 30 total in terms of uh, of signings. And the LA Galaxy having a 30-man roster is something they did not have last year. I was going to say, do you know when the last time they had 30, I don't have the answer. I don't have I the feel answer. like they, they haven't hover, they haven't maxed out that roster in the last few seasons. Yeah, and, and listen, there's some chances here. I mean, you know, you have uh 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 for Kranos, uh they could possibly be loaned down to G two. You have Jalen Neal who is out right now with a stress fracture. Um they supposedly a minor one, but a stress fracture is a stress fracture. It still probably takes, you know, anywhere between three and six weeks to heal. Um, however that goes. Uh, so Jalen Neal, you know, possibly he could be loaned down as well. So that's one of the roadblocks is that eventually the galaxy are running out of places to place people. Right. So you're, you're running out of uh, table settings, so to speak. You're going to you're going to run out here pretty soon. <laughs> but here's the other part about this is as we go over to the international players as well, the LA Galaxy have eight slots available and they have eight slots filled right now okay so whoever you're getting from somewhere else is going to come in and unless they're a dual national and certainly you wouldn't put that past the la galaxy that's, right now right um that, that that feels i mean because when you think about domestic players and who could possibly come in uh you know maybe you know is it a trade is it something like that and it, that doesn't seem likely, but I think given bond and, uh, you know, just kind of the, the things that are out there, dual national, that, that smells like it's a, that's the area. Yeah. It, it feels, it feels right up there, their alley. Uh, if you're, <laughs> if you're going to really, but I'll be honest with you, I feel like there's movement in here somewhere, you know, and, and this is, this is the really funny thing is that whenever you start talking about this in, in discords or Eric, when we start talking about this in text chats or whatever we do, you sit there and go, okay, hold on a second. Because Jonathan Dos Santos has been with the LA Galaxy for a very long time. Does this mean he's finally getting his green card? Right. And we've been talking about this <laughs> for years. This time. Yeah. For, yeah. For, for years, whether or not that happens, because it really would be a, you know, a, a, an added value for him and it would be great for the LA Galaxy. I mean, it's listen, I, I, as, as an LA Galaxy fan, uh, as you guys are, I, I would imagine that you would want the most amount of internationals on your team without having to pay for all the internationals. So obviously it is advantageous to everybody to see Jonathan Dos Santos um, get a green card. Um, but there is a problem right now is that if they're going to bring anybody else in, somebody else has to go. And whether that's Carlos Harvey, who has been playing, 
uh, for a little bit, but who they finally got on, you know, transfer this year. They finally got him from Taro FC because he was on loan last year. Um, so does Carlos Harvey take a step down? Because if you look at that, Jonathan Dos Santos isn't going anywhere. Uh, Javier Hernandez isn't going anywhere. People Gonzalez, that's the one that everybody is pointing to, <laughs> but it wouldn't be immediate unless it is immediate, unless they do decide that they're going to release him immediately and he's fine with it and everybody's happy. The Yeah, the only signal that that could be if you sign Sega and then maybe you mutually agree to terminate a contract or something like that. People could be the, the, the odd man out and, and make it happen. Uh, but, but going back to Jonathan Dos Santos and the, the never ending, you know, can you just get a green card? I think, um, and I, and maybe someone in the chat can fact check me. I don't know if it's a, a Mexican national thing, team thing. And maybe there's, you know, po- you know, politically, if the, that's never happened before or something like that, if that's like a no, no, uh, you know, I don't know. Uh, maybe I'm grasping at straws to try to find some type of justification why he doesn't seem uh, to be forcing the issue or the galaxy don't seem to be nudging him in that direction. Th- th- it feels like something else might be a play on why he can't get a green card. Um, so who knows? I, I think at, at this point, I don't think we should be, the expectation should be, well, why doesn't Jonathan, because that conversation happens all the time. Why doesn't Jonathan just get a green card? I think that can go out the window. I think, you know, given his age and the contract limits, the likelihood of that being the next step. I think they're working around that. So for whatever reason, I I just don't think that's going to happen. And I don't know if it's, if it's political, if it's something else going on around it. Um, but it just doesn't seem like that's likely going to happen. So then you look at someone like, like you said, Carlos Harvey, but I I like what he's brought. He seems like he's, he's an option for Greg Vanny coming off the bench. So it doesn't seem like he'd be the guy, uh, who you'd get rid of. And you look at all those other players, people's the only one who hasn't been getting regular time. uh, So you see them go, but that's a very difficult contract to get out of as well. So that that's where it gets, it gets really tricky, but I don't picture any of the internationals going down a la, Juan Pedro, because he he got uh, when they got Zlatan, they needed an international slot. He was the first one to go. He was he was on the short list, ready to go down to G two and sent back to Portugal. So feel bad for the guy, but I don't see anyone like that on this list. Yeah, it's it's I I, I, I kind of agree with you. So there is a bottleneck there. Something has to be, and I'm sure the Galilee Galaxy have it figured out. I just they haven't told me. Surprise, you know, Greg Vandy doesn't call me up every time he makes a roster move and say, Hey, Josh, this is what we were thinking. What do you think? Um, although I think I might be able to help out sometimes. Uh, John uh, gave us a little $5 super chat, said, sorry, I got here late. I was checking my sources for the mystery man signing. The ASO U13s didn't pan out for good information. Yeah, uh, <laughs> I found I found it's the U, uh, U11s, really, where you can find all your stuff. So I, I would focus there. Um, I, I'd, I'd say to John, check again. Check again. Check, Look know, at it closely. One more time. One more time. <laughs> and I, I also just want to highlight, there was a super chat from Austin. We did see it. But I don't think we were going to fall for for uh, shouting out some of the one of the players that he thought the galaxy might be looking at. Oh, oh yeah, Austin, little five dollars says, "Have you heard any news about the player?" Uh, hu- oh, huge, huge reaction. Yes, yes. I know, I know, I know where you were going. Um, I'm just, I'm gonna, con- I'm gonna say it so that way. This is a family friendly show, Austin. But I'll take your money. That's fine. Five dollars. Yeah, I, I just wanted to highlight it. And uh, Austin, you don't know how apt that uh that super chat is <laughs> given a meeting i just got out of that, yeah absolutely right on the nose actually um so uh yeah that's where we're at uh with the mystery man that's where we're at with the international signings that's sort of where we're at with the roster so you understand where the la galaxy are i mean listen this feels like an episode of fixer uppers with like chip and joanna Gaines with so much renovation yeah. going yeah i know right i've been stuck with <laughs> some hgtv all right and not only that the magnolia network all right a little discovery plus you, i would suggest it if you're a big fixer upper fan um, but yeah, if, if they've gone full reno on this, all right, they've taken the LA Galaxy 
right now, let's just take this as far as I can take it. The LA Galaxy <laughs> saying, right now. An open plan? Yeah, yeah. Right, right now, the LA Galaxy are like the ugliest house on the best street, right? You're in Los Angeles. You have this great, it's location, location, location. And it used to be a really nice house. In fact, it was the nicest house on the street, right? But slowly, couple too many keggers probably got thrown, you know, things that the lawn's starting to look a little bit, a little bit dated. Let's face it. It was built in the two thousands, right? That was it. That has a certain style to it, all the things. So now you have to renovate open floor plan, right? Nice high ceilings, little vaulted ceilings. Let's get that, you know, ca- cappuccino machine. Zlatan was complaining about it. So let's get that cappuccino machine, little, little cubby in the, in the kitchen this time, right? Get everything set up. Let's, let's put in some nice wood floors. And that's what you're seeing from Greg Vanny right now. They're laying the foundation for what could be something good. But I think that, you know, and now that we can toss that by our wayside, we've gone too was, far with that. I was going to say, you, you have the right guy on the show and you you missed it. it. It's it's The Galaxy are a flip or flop house right now. <laughs> right now, you know, Tarek and Christina came in, you know, they put they got, in some They got divorced. Tile. They got divorced. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But they're, they're still doing the show. And, and, and they came in, they added some new tile, they gave it a, a new paint job. Again, maybe the house has seen better days, but they, they give it some love to, to give it some better resale value. And, and you know, I, I just can speak personally from my experience <laughs> that that's, that's the comp that you're going for. Yeah, that's the comp that you're, I was, was going to say. Yes. All right. Thank you. Thank you for correcting me on my, <laughs> on my premise. I really appreciate that. Um, let's get a little bit now to some injury news as we slowly work our way towards the Seattle game. Uh, Kevin Baxter tweeted out today that, uh, Javier Hernandez and Jonathan Dos Santos, who both came out of the Galaxy Sunday win over the New York Red Bulls uh, with signs of cramping, are both in training and should be OK for Sunday's game in Seattle. I don't think we doubted that. Maybe there was some questions about whether JDS actually got injured or not. But as of right now, both in training. Now, we also heard that the um, the cramps have been an ongoing issue. Right. So that's another thing that you, it, it sort of we have to watch against Seattle. Now, hopefully it won't be very hot in Seattle, not like it was today here in SoCal, where it's about 100 degrees inside my non-air conditioned room where I'm recording right now. So if you see me slowly starting to melt, that's why. Um, but uh, you're, you're hopeful that on the turf, fingers crossed that everything sort of, you know, comes out. I know that's a that's a pretty big wish there. Yeah. Where it looked different to me and why, uh, you know, they said that it was cramps for both Chicharito and JDS, but it looked different the way JDS came off the field. It just seemed like, you know, he had a little bit more of a pronounced limp. It seemed a little bit more serious. You know, thankfully it wasn't. But when Chicharito came off the field, you know, he was asking for some stretching. He was able to walk off fine. And it seemed pretty clear cut. With JDS, it just, the way he walked off, and we've seen this movie before, we've seen him be injured that it just, uh, you know, he felt like, oh no, here we go again. Here's another injury, you know, two games into the season. Season. Uh, so, you know, hopefully it's nothing serious and, and we'll see if he can bounce back from it. Um, by the way, uh, I think it was uh, Lou in the chat says, don't forget, we still have the LA Galaxy still have three U22 slots available. Well, yes, but you still need roster slots in order. You can't you don't get 33 players, you get 30. So as of right now, the U22 slots not available because the Galaxy have already filled Unused, all yeah. their roster slots. Yeah, so. Um, that's, that's that you still need 30 is your max roster. That's it. And spots 29 and 30 have to be occupied by homegrowns. Well, they have enough homegrowns. That's easy to occupy 29 and 30 with homegrowns. So that's not an issue either. Um, so anyway, yeah, the, the cramps thing is the issue. The other guys we're looking at Jalen Neal, we told you about a stress fracture. He's out. Um, I wouldn't expect him to play. Um, and Derek Williams still game day decisions. We've talked about this. Do you start Derek Williams eventually has to get in the starting lineup. Derek Williams is either going to start against Seattle or he's going to, or he's going to play some minutes against Seattle, or he's going okay. to play some minutes against LAFC, so, right? 
that was going to be my thing. I don't know if you you throw him, you know, after rehabbing from an injury, throw him on turf in his first start. But I think you can give him some minutes. Uh, and, you know, from what we've seen from our current center backs, there's an opportunity to maybe give, you know, if you speak with him in advance, say you're, we're going to limit your minutes to try to get Williams in here to just get his his legs under him. Uh, I think that, you know, if I were, if I were Vanny, then that's what I would do. But if I were Vanny, then Vanny would be me. And then he'd be telling you what he would really do. Right. So, you know, the wheels within wheels here, just, it gets too confusing. Uh, the other injury news that we sort of have to once again, sort of just, just reiterate, right. The LA galaxy had players who were vaccinated. Um, I would imagine they're all probably fine. Um, having said that, maybe, maybe they get tired. Maybe they got tired this week. Maybe some guys miss, you know, one day of training because they didn't, the first one for me wasn't a big deal. Um, my arm was sore. Jonathan Bond would probably is going to be the that's, guy. He's not going to be able to lift was, his left arm, right? I was going to say that's the very unoriginal joke that I I saw, and I want to say that I was I was right there with you. I made the same joke that I said after. <laughs> hopefully, Bond is able to lift up his arm, and and thankfully it was I think it was earlier enough in the week where he should be fine now. Uh, but yeah, I, I had similar similar uh, similar reaction to after to my first dose. Yeah, hey, it, thankfully not all these players are getting the second dose before this game. Who knows how that would work out? Right. And uh, it, it's uh, just a side note for Seattle. Seattle actually just announced today that all of their players and coaches are considered fully vaccinated now, which is uh, wow. good that they got across everything um, and that they are going to be offering vaccinations at the game on Sunday to people who are showing up to the game. So you can get it. And I think if you get a vaccination, you get a free hot dog with it, too. I mean, <laughs> come That's on. That's genius. <laughs> You, you know, you have those uncles on Facebook who who post their their memes and you know making fun of the picture of health. Show your your vaccination card for the free Krispy Kreme. <laughs> you know, if we're talking about being healthy. Get vaccinated, but also here's a hot dog, the mystery meat. We talked about the mystery man. Who who knows where this meat's coming from? Go for it. You're vaccinated. That's right. You'll be fine. You'll be fine. You'll be great. <laughs> um. So anyway, so that's kind of cool for for Seattle fans going up there. I thought that was interesting to sort of read that through. Um. Weekly schedule. Uh. On Monday, we told you the Galaxy weren't sure whether they were going to get to leave on Saturday or Sunday. We now know the LA Galaxy will be leaving Sunday morning. Uh. So day of the game, leaving Sunday morning, playing Sunday Sunday evening. We won't say night evening, right? Six o'clock. Um. And then after that game is over, they'll hop back on their charter and fly back to. I believe they're going out of Long Beach right now uh flying the charter they're on i think is sun country is the one they have flown in the past uh sun country is a real airline but they also have charters by the way i just like everybody's like you know are, are they the ones with the with the buses or that's sun sunset expeditions I think, why yeah, do i know that why does that occupy space in my brain no but no pro tip for the listeners as well if you can fly out of long beach fly to long beach what Great. a pleasant experience compared Great. to LAX. <laughs> hey, Long Beach is the best. Hey, shout out to all our listeners. If you can fly on a charter, fly on a charter. All right. Hey, shout <laughs> out. No-brainer. Shout out on to all our listeners. If you can no, fly Jet, private, private Jet jets. JetBlue. Yeah. JetBlue is in Long Beach. That's a nice, affordable airline. Uh, JetBlue is great. I love yeah. their uh, their red eyes to the East Coast is is a staple uh, here in the uh, Guessman household. So uh, we'll see that. By the way, I am going on vacation um, in June. So everybody just buckle up. I might miss a couple shows. All right. It, it happens. We'll, we'll survive somehow uh, unless somebody wants to pay me to stay home. So that'd be that also could work. Super you know? chat. Well, we'll be careful. Don't, don't say that in front of the super chat. <laughs> Herb's going to come back. <laughs> uh, very good. Uh, let's get to standings real quick before we get to this game. Uh, just on the Eastern Conference side of things. Uh, Montreal, again, I think is uh, is leading that in the uh, in the Eastern Conference, which is funny. Tied with Atlanta, New England uh, in there. And we talked a little bit about this New York Red 
variables uh, all the way down at the bottom, having not won anything. New York is not a bottom of the table team. They're just not a top of the table team. So don't take that too much. You want New York to be good. And uh, Miami actually won their second game in Philadelphia against Philadelphia. So um, Miami is a better team than probably they showed in the first game as well. Um, there's a lot of jokes about your ears, Eric, and I'm really trying not to read them all. Uh, the LA Galaxy sitting at the top of the league and the top of the Western Conference again, six points. Uh, Seattle right below them, LAFC right below them. Those are the next two games for the LA Galaxy. Then you have Sporting KC, Vancouver, San Jose, Salt Lake, Austin, Houston, Portland, Colorado, Dallas, and Minnesota. Minnesota got uh, beat by Seattle four to nothing in the first game. Um, of uh, of MLS actually I don't know if it was the first I think it was the second one what, didn't they play it on the Friday night I think they played yeah. that game on a Friday night they did play the opening yeah that was that was the Seattle game and then the RSL with the drama with their keeper kicking it into the the supporter section he got so RSL also, also he got, sitting on one game yeah so they potentially could be uh, you know, the other team with six points after two games, but the Galaxy will have an opportunity to to say something about that yeah we'll we'll see what happens in Seattle um. Uh, the, I was going to say the RSL keeper did get fined by the disco for that because you're not allowed to kick the ball into the stands. That's naughty. Um, and you probably, and you probably shouldn't go as somebody said, full heel, like, you know, in some <laughs> of your debut games for, for a team, but Hey, everybody, you know, Darth Vader comes from somewhere. You, all right. You know, who, you know who loved it and it was perfectly on brand. You had Alexi Lawless oh. defending it, saying it was amazing. <laughs> yep. It's like, of course, of course. <laughs> yep. Daniel, by the way, threw five bucks into the keep Pato from leaving the house uh, fund. So, um, I, yeah, good luck on that guys. Told you. I told you. Yeah. I was going to say, do I want to ruin another marriage because of the podcast? <laughs> mm, probably not. Uh, we have a history. <laughs> I, I do. I do have a history. All right. Uh, Eric, I think it's that time. If you're ready. I'm ready. I want to get these folks ready for the LA Galaxies game against the Seattle Sounders coming up on Sunday. And that means a dramatic game preview from you, sir. So if you're ready, I'm ready. I'll drop the lights for you. We'll rock and roll. Perfect. I'll fix my ears. That, that's great. All right, here we go. Breaking news. Even if you're fully vaccinated, the CDC still recommends that the LA Galaxy continue their win streak. That's right, your LA Galaxy played their second road match of the season and opened Western Conference play against the Sounders of Seattle. The Galaxy will be looking to jump, jive, and wail all over the Brian Schmetzer Orchestra. And can our hat-trick hero and golden boot leader Chicharito find Nirvana once again at Lumen Field? If you ask me, it smells like Chicha has the teen spirit. And can we see our Chicha whisperer himself, Ethan Zubak, have a big, dare I say, venti match up in Seattle? I have a good feeling about it, and I like his chances a latte. The Galaxy will also be debuting their white kits for the first time in the 2021 season against the Jimi Hendrix-inspired kits of Seattle. Will Jonathan Bond be the voodoo child and leave them in a purple haze? And lastly, can Greg Vanny show that his men can create space and needle the Souders' attack into submission? This will be the first big test of the season for the Galaxy, and I'll be sleepless until the Seattle game on Sunday at 6 p.m. on FS1. All right, there you go. A little little hammer magic, uh, ready to rock and roll. So I, I liked it a latte, Eric. Just, yeah, thank you. Yeah, I don't. I, I I tried to milk every single Seattle pun 
that I that I could out of that. And my ears looked pretty good on that one too. So some some keen eyes in, in the chat. <laughs> I was gonna say everybody's like, every, every, I mean, come on, guys, you can you, you can figure this one out. You'll figure it out eventually. I promise. Um, all right, let's get to it. Uh, a little a little Seattle fun. Uh, this is a team that has always been difficult for the LA Galaxy to uh to win uh to beat uh now that wasn't always the case back in the day with bruce arena in fact you know the galaxy had a pretty good run but everybody knows when you go up to seattle it's difficult to beat them and that's what you're going to be looking at for this team um we talked about it seattle beat minnesota four to nothing in the opening weekend they went down to lafc uh and drew one to one in that game and that was a a difficult game for them as well they've been missing uh nico ladero they've been missing jordan morris they will miss jordan morris it looks like yeah. through the entire season there he's not expected back i think it was acl or mc it was one of those um, that he tore while he was out on loan. So uh, Nico Ladero, however, Eric, looks like he will be back um, and he will apparently, you know, play some role in this game. I don't think he's going to start, um, but I wouldn't be surprised if you see it, if you see him coming into this game in the second half. And I think that plays in the favor of the Galaxy because uh, we've seen it with Atlanta United kind of bringing back Joseph Martinez slowly. Uh, you know, they've played these first two games uh, with the roster they have and kind of built whatever chemistry they have. Ladero coming back slowly, you know, maybe he's not going to be at a hundred percent and that's, that's great. If you're, if you're a galaxy fan, having Ladero not at a hundred percent, that sounds great to me. So, uh, so I think that's where it plays in their favor, but Schmetzer seems to always have his guys very well organized, regardless of, of what the roster looks like. And so that's what makes this a dangerous game, makes it a tough game, regardless of the players. Yes, they're missing those big names, but they still have uh, still have Rui Diaz, uh, you know, still have um, again, of course, I'm, I'm blanking. Christian Roldan, you <laughs> Roldan, got, you yeah, got so Will the, Bruin in there. You got Alex Roldan. It will the, I, I think the interesting thing that I took from this is that you look at the formations that Seattle has been playing and it's been a five man back. Now we say five man back and I want to key you into something that's kind of fun to look at, which is the passing network chart as well. And don't worry, I'll explain it to everybody. But if you go on that, the MLS's horrible website, uh, you can go down into the stats and sort of look at things and you can see this passing network and sort of how it goes. Not only does it give you a passing network, it gives you average position for the players as well. And so what you can see in this is that somebody like Brad Smith, who's a defender who's been playing on the left side, is really more of a left wing whenever you look at um, the average uh, position for him. And so he's been playing the left wing. If you go over to number 16 on this and you look at Alex Roldan, well, he is also a defender, but he's playing in that upper you know, right wing position. And so really, when you look at how Seattle is, is lining up in their average positions, you're getting a three-man back line, with a four-man midfield and sort of a four-triangle slash diamond and Rui Diaz and Will Bruin sort of um, going back and forth between how they're leading those things. And you look at the passing networks, and for me, the passing networks are strongest up the wings um, and then put, cutting it into the midfield where I would say they've had less success or at least less predictability inside that midfield set where you sort of get the stronger passing networks um, in between them. But uh, make no mistake that guys like Christian Roldan, who's playing more an advanced role in currently in this, and Raul Rui Diaz, who's playing an advanced role, are going to cause problems for the LA Galaxy. I don't think the Galaxy even have anybody to line up right now against somebody like Will Bruin, which maybe Eric signals that Derek Williams gets some play in this little bit bigger guy, a little bit bigger body, <laughs> and maybe somebody who can handle somebody like Will Bruin. 
Yeah, and, and we've talked about this too, about the Galaxy possibly switching to a three-man back line. But when you talk about the that chart, a three-man back line and a five-man back line could be very similar depending on how you roll those guys out. And, you know, when you look at players like Julian Araujo, who was, you know, playing in the midfield. So uh, a lot of that is interchangeable. It's just how it's listed on paper, uh, but how they play. That You know, your shout-out to you for, for putting the passing network out there. So, uh you know, we'll see how it pans out. A lot of talent there. Uh, but again, I talked about how Schmetzer is very organized, but I think Vanny has shown that even with non-first team, uh, first choice players, he's been able to grind out these results. So, uh, you know, I have faith that if, if someone can get a result and grind out one point in Seattle, I feel like we're going to see what Vanny is made of if he can put his guys in position to do that. If he knows something we don't know, like you said, and put Williams in there because he, he feels like it's a good matchup, we're going to see if he play, if he moves the chess pieces correctly in order to get some points out of this game. Uh, the other thing I sort of wanted to point out is that if you look at LA, if you look at the LAFC game that Seattle played, um, that the possession was like equal um, in that. And for a team that's on the road against LAFC who likes to hold position, for Seattle to be able to hold basically a 50% possession uh, to LAFC's 50% possession shows you that it's likely they will dominate possession in this game. I know the LA Galaxy like to think that they are a possession-based team, and I, I agree that that's eventually how they're going to play. But Eric, as we've seen um, you know, in Miami, they did hold a lot of the possession in that game. It just wasn't positive possession. Then you go to the New York game where New York, and, and Vanny even said it in his postgame, he was sort of you know, saying, you know, it's always going to look weird against New York. So mm-hmm. don't let that bother you. Just throw it out. You got the win. That's all that matters on this. You know, keep going, keep rolling um, on this. But against Seattle, you have to be organized. You're going to have to look at, uh, you know, how Brian Schmetzer sort of lines this team up, how they're able to attack in waves, how they're able to generate offense. They scored four go- goals against Minnesota. Minnesota's That's- not a bad game um, or a bad team. I don't, at least I don't think they are. They should well, be better recently. than whatever. Yeah. But they they could be. But but to your point, I think the Galaxy goals that they've allowed have been mental lapses, little mistakes that turn into big mistakes because goals happen. And you you can't do that against Seattle because if you make those little mistakes against Seattle, it'll turn into a Minnesota-style game where where they'll put three or four on you and they'll put them on you quick. So that's why the the defense really has to come with their their helmets screwed on tight. I feel like that's not the right term. No, that's probably not not here. That's okay. That's okay. (laughs) That's fine. Um, I want to get to one more thing before we talk about 538 like we normally do um white kits eric the white kits going back um the la galaxy not wearing the community kit and again it's seattle who's going to be wearing their uh their purple haze uh uh, kit so you couldn't have the community kit because that's a dark color against the purple which is going to be a dark color so they're going to be um in their white so it'll be white against dark um in that purple kit so um you know I, i think again i expected it i sort of knew it but it is something that we're looking at for the LA Galaxy and you're like okay well you haven't played in this kit yet this year so you know is it going to be cursed basically that's what I'm asking and that's <laughs> that's a realist that's a serious question is it going to be cursed Eric and, and because it's from the 2020 season which was a historically bad season so is there something going on with this kit I'm with you cursed. I also called it out on Twitter that uh you know it's nice that the Galaxy are kind of letting you know they let you know up to Last week that they were going to wear the tech green at home. They're letting you know that they're going to wear white on the road. And, you know, some people kind of, you know, snap back. Well, they always wear the white. So it's not like they need to let you know. But every once in a while you have a surprise. And it's nice to know. I don't know. I'm a, I'm a weird guy in that way with paying attention to aesthetics and uniform. So I like to know in advance what they're going to be wearing. One of my favorite things about the the World Cup, the, F- the FIFA World Cup website, it always says the uniform matchup like the day before. And so you get to see it uh, to know what it's going to look like. And I don't know. There's just something about it that I like. 
and the fact that they're putting it out there. So, you know, if you're going to the game, you want to wear the jersey that the players are are, are wearing. Uh, you know, I, I just feel like it builds a nice connection to the fan base there. And then with Seattle, the tech green, even though there's a lot of black, then you're going Seattle green on green. Uh, and then the light green versus the white, sometimes that doesn't work. Uh, so so <laughs> this was a game where if you're going to announce what the jerseys are, you have to announce it because the jerseys in this situation, sometimes the clash can be weird. So we'll see if they can break the curse. Chicharito broke the curse with his his personal goals. We'll see if he can break the curse of the white jersey. Uh, it's funny. We used to get game notes before, like usually like a Friday for a Saturday game or usually a Friday, even for a Sunday game, we get game notes that would come out and it would show us the uniform matchups before. And then I would be able to tell people, well, those notes, they, they apparently got tired of giving us information like MLS has done in recent times. And so they stopped sort of giving those particular notes out. In fact, the notes we get now are like this big. Um, instead they used to be a packet of like 30 pages that we used to get for each game. Uh, now we get this little blurb right here. Um, it's a from, one pager. Yeah, from but it is nice. I like that the LA Galaxy do this. I like that they tell you what they're going to... I like that fans like to be coordinated with the players, and I like that they're going to give them... It seems like they're going to say it every game this year. They're going to tell you what they're wearing. And even though it might be white a lot, which I don't think it will be, because I think they're erring, erring and leaning towards that community kit. That, that, that's another thing, and I think you've seen it recently in the NBA quite a bit with teams having you know four or five different jersey options and then opting to wear their non-home jersey at home. The Lakers, you see this, they do this quite a bit. Yes, they have their gold jerseys that they wear at home, but you know on Sundays they wear white. Every once in a while they'll throw a purple out there just because it's nice for the home fans to see something a little bit different. And with the way they've been pushing this community kit, uh, you know it's not going to be like Night Navy where you see it you know three times over two years. I think they're, if, if there's an opportunity opportunity where they could wear the community kit even if it a white the white kit still works they'll probably push to wear that community kit which is good you know i think because it's so well it was so well received you might as well you know keep the fans happy and see see the players in those kits as often as possible yeah uh, hot kit talk hot kit talk love it love it always love it um 538 what do you got for me so i got seattle with a 64 percent chance of winning uh, LA Galaxy with only a 16% chance of winning and then a 20% for a draw. And I like to look at the league uh, bracket as well. And this is the second lowest winning percentage chance. So 538 thinks the Galaxy are the the second highest team to have a probability to lose. Only FC Cincinnati away at Orlando has a lower percentage. Mm-hmm. So 538, not a fan of the Galaxy this weekend. Yeah, I mean, you know, and we talked about it this a little bit before we got on the air is that 538 is still predicting a lot of what 2020 was showing us with the LA Galaxy. And they're saying until that sort of changes, there's not going to be a change in this. Um, I don't mind that Seattle's heavily favored. I like that. I like the yeah. Galaxy playing the underdog card. I like that. I like going up there and saying you're going to battle and try to, you know, steal points away from Seattle, who has so far shown they're a good team this year through two games. Um, they have some problems just like the LA Galaxy have problems. We'll see if any of those problems really highlight up themselves. The Galaxy have gotten away with all their blunders so far, as you pointed out, against Seattle, that's more difficult to do. So if that tightens the focus up, if that makes the LA Galaxy play a little bit tighter, a little bit more defensive, a little bit more, uh, you know, uh, conservative on the road, that's okay. I want to see that. Uh, the other thing is that Chicharito did score against Seattle last year. It was one of the games that he scored a goal mm-hmm. in. Um, and so if you're looking for this, this is, that might be a good sign. He's already feeling good about playing against Seattle. I already scored a goal against them. I could score two or three or four or five more goals in this game. 
I was going to say, you're speaking my language here because as someone who's a striker who didn't score very often, I remember the teams that I scored against. And when I saw them on the schedule, I put it, I highlighted that and I circled it and I, I stretched really well before those games because I know, I know I can score against this team. So you're absolutely right. That's definitely in Chicharito's head. Eric, give me your prediction that is sure to be wrong for the LA Galaxy's game against the Seattle Sounders coming up on Sunday. Uh, this game will kick off at 6 p.m. on FS1. I don't think the LA Galaxy have like a spectrum game like for until the, like the mid the end of may or something like that yeah it, it's it's a good thing that the big channels want them uh so my guaranteed to be wrong prediction i'm i i just can't go i can't go against how greg vanny's making me feel how chicharito's making me feel but i don't think they're going to win so i'm going to say the galaxy are going to divide defy the odds and they're going to draw 2-2 chicharito will continue the scoring uh, and then someone else, probably Ethan Zubak, has got to finally get on the score sheet. Ooh, Chicha Whisper, Chicha Whisper. That's, <laughs> that's your ASMR for tonight. Um, I think the Galaxy lose this game. I, I know that's not popular, but I mean, when you look at where Seattle is, where the Galaxy are, we're, we are, again, we're remodeling this house, Eric. All right. We are not 100% done <laughs> You're gonna with it yet. It's not keep ready. Going to that well, yeah, huh? I am. I am going to keep going back to it. It's not ready for sale yet. You can't put the sign out front, right? It's not done. It's getting there, though. You might be able to start taking some offers on that house. You're just not ready to sell it yet. And and we, we've said this a lot, too. If they lose, I'd be okay with it. It's the way that they lose. If, you know, it comes down to a bad VAR call or Seattle just was on their game and didn't make any mistakes, played a perfect game, uh, and the, the Galaxy just wasn't able to keep up, you you know, you, you deal with it. But, you know, if, if the Galaxy beat themselves, that's where you walk away feeling bad. Or if they go down and they quit, you know, which we saw happen quite a bit with the G, the GBS teams. Uh, I don't think they'll do that under Vanny. So if they lose, I'd be okay with it. I just want to see, I want to see some, some growth and, and some moving forwards. I think after the first two games, they, they got the rust out of the systems. So now it's start, time to start dialing in and, and executing a little better. By the way, all the way through May, all nationally televised games. So I have the May schedule sitting up here in front of me. I, I can't, I'm not on a web page right now. I, I, cut, <laughs> I cut it out. And so, so that's where it is, but all nationally televised game, no spectrum games. Not yet. The Chicha effect. The Chicha effect. It's crazy. Guy's on every talk news station everywhere. He's he's all over the place. He's probably on your cereal box if you go as well. So again, LA Galaxy facing off against Seattle coming up on Sunday. Galaxy haven't played any games except on Sunday. I would just like to point that out. It's just weird to me for whatever reason that three games in, it's all been Sundays. They will play on Saturday against LAFC. These two games coming up are two of the most difficult games the Galaxy will face in the month of May. Um, and it's, it's just really important that you see what this team is made of. We think we are seeing you know, positive steps. We think we're seeing a galaxy team that is, that is together, that is fighting for each other, that is able to outwork teams. And right now outworking them is leading to wins. It's not perfect. We never said it was the defense has problems. We've seen that, but a galaxy team that doesn't have all their pieces together has six points and nobody else in the league has six points at this point. That is that's spotting yourself some points early on. Those are all good things. Yeah. Are you ready for my terrible analogy of the night to yes. close it out? Yes. So the, the first two games, the Galaxy, they put out the slip and slide. And they went out, they hosed it down, they put a little soap on it, and they did, they did some cool tricks, but then they got some scabs. They maybe, you know, hit a sprinkler, you know, someone left a sandal under there. There were some bumps, but it still looked pretty cool. Well, now they're going to their neighbor's house. They got the 13-foot the, the deep pool. They're, they're being thrown into the pool now. Now they got to show they can swim. Yep. Was that bad? How bad was no, that? No, I liked it. Better I, than HTV? I'm, I'm thinking Worse. I want a slip and slide right now because it's 100 okay. degrees in this room. So I'm thinking about just 
putting some garbage bags down the stairs and turning on the faucet and going for it at this <laughs> point. not a good idea. The not, wet bandits, have, well, like a word. A lot of things you see in movies aren't great ideas, Eric, all right? You know, it's it's good for a story every once in a while, though, so that's for sure. All right, uh, I think that about does it for us. Again, the LA Galaxy playing against uh, Seattle coming up on Sunday, 6 p.m. Pacific time kickoff. That game is on FS1, Fox Sports 1, so make sure you check it out. Certainly make sure you check out their goal cam, which is definitely 480p and on AOL network dial-up. That's my favorite goal cam out of any of them. Not like he ESPN, who has crisp, clear images, but Fox, who's like dial up. You can still hear it sort of like waving every time they go to the gold cam. It's great times. Good times. All right. That's my little. I'm not a big fan of what Fox does on the broadcast in <laughs> I, case I people didn't. Know. Yeah, I was going to say in case people <laughs> didn't know. All right. Um, I think that does it. Eric, why don't you tell people where they can find you and uh, we'll get on out of here. Go for it. All right. As always, you can find me on Twitter at Hammer EV. You can also find me on Instagram at Galaxy Profile. That's Galaxy P-R-O-F-O-U-L. All right, and if you're looking for me on Twitter, it's at Jay Gesswin, J-G-U-E-S-M-A-N, and of course, at Galaxy Podcast. Head on over, cornerthegalaxy.com. That's where you can find us all the time, our podcasts, our videos, our stories, all that stuff, cornerthegalaxy.com. If you like this video, like it, subscribe, go on iTunes, subscribe, tell your friends about us. We certainly appreciate all that you do for us, and we hope you're having a great start to the season. All right, I think that about does it for Eric, the Portuguese Hammered Vieira. I'm Josh Pato Guessman. You've been listening. You've been watching Corner of the Galaxy on cornerofthegalaxy.com. Everyone have a great night. You've been listening to the Corner of the Galaxy podcast on cornerofthegalaxy.com. You can follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at Galaxy Podcast, and be sure to check out and subscribe to iTunes, Stitcher, and Facebook by searching for Corner of the Galaxy. Fans, we thank you for listening, and we ask that you be kind and courteous to your neighbors as you leave the podcast. We thank you for joining us and look forward to seeing you again. Until then, I'm Michael Araujo, and on behalf of the entire Corner of the Galaxy crew, goodbye, everybody.